Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Muse Room. My name's Katie, and I will be your host as we meander into the lives of inspiring and creative people. This is a hub for makers, thinkers, and anyone else that is doing the work that they truly want to be doing. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for returning if you've listened before, and if you're new, thanks for tuning in. So normally I interview Cleveland locals for this podcast, but this week I decided to venture out of Cleveland. I think it would be really cool if maybe once a month I bring in someone that isn't local. So this week we have Katie Dalebout, who currently resides in New York City. She's an expert podcaster, blogger, and published author, and she's also had her writing featured on platforms like Mind Body Green and Refinery29. I'm really excited to share our conversation with you. I started listening to Katie's podcast, Let It Out, with Katie Dilbout about a year ago. She started out on the internet with a blog called The Wellness Wonderland, then decided to turn The Wellness Wonderland into a podcast. After a while, she ended up getting a book deal and wrote Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling. That's when she decided to change the name of her podcast from The Wellness Wonderland to Let It Out with Katie Dalebout. She now has 226 episodes, and her guests range from authors, chefs, entrepreneurs, musicians, comedians, and actors. Her conversations are long and can be up to three hours, which I really love because it allows for an organic conversation that really scrapes beneath the surface. Katie and her guests talk about creativity, wellness, relationships, body image, and more. And after podcasting since 2013, which is pre-serial, as Katie always says, She realized that she had some knowledge to share, so she started the online workshop called Let a Podcast Out. The eight-module workshop is designed to answer every single question that you may have about podcasting so that you can launch a podcast of your own. This course includes over 100 hours of interviews with some of the top podcasters in the field, comprehensive audio lectures, resources like email templates and sample scripts, and at-your-own-pace homework. At the end of the course, you could even have the chance to have one of your episodes featured on her podcast. Pretty cool, right? So just go to letapodcastout.club to enroll. The course is currently in session, but you can reserve a space for fall 2018. I'll post a link to Katie's podcast, her website, where to buy her book, and all of that good stuff. But for now, let's get into the interview. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Katie Gilbaugh. dive right in. I just first want to start out by saying how grateful I am that you agreed to be on my podcast. Um, I've been listening to your podcast for about a year now. Um, I had a friend that really got me into podcast and uh, she showed me your podcast. And over that time, it kind of felt like I really got to know you as a person and it kind of it started to feel like you were one of my friends almost, even though we we had never met. So I just want to, I think that's really cool that you are able to do that through your podcast. And yeah, I just want to say thank you for that. Oh, you're so sweet. And we are friends and now we have met, <laughs> which is great. And I'm, I'm so happy and 
I'm so glad your friend found the podcast. Does she remember how she found it? I don't know. I'll have to ask her. Yeah, ask her and, and let me know. I'm always so curious. Um, mm-hmm. So so tell me more about you. So you live in Ohio. Um, what, what else do you do there other than the podcast? Um, so... I am a ballet dancer, not only ballet, contemporary dance, and I dance with a company called Neos Dance Theater, and we rehearse in Oberlin, which is like a tiny, it's actually the town that Lena Dunham is from, or no, the town that she went to went college. To college, yeah. And then, so we rehearse there, and we rehearse in Akron, which is about 40 minutes south, so I drive around a lot. Um, we, I rehearse five days a week. Um, during the day so that's my full-time thing and then I also work at a restaurant and then I decided I just really wanted to do something creative and put something out into the world so yeah that's so cool and I I love that because as you know podcasting for me is my favorite medium and something that I just think is so wonderful for having an outlet and expressing yourself and and also above all it's been a tool for networking for me it's a great tool for meeting people and getting to have conversations with people that I might not have been able to meet in real life I I as maybe you know from the podcast or I don't know if you do but I'm from Michigan and I was living in Michigan for a really long time and I um you know I was able to meet people who maybe weren't passing through there who I wouldn't be able to talk to in person, but I was able to have all these great conversations with, with people all over the world. And I just think podcasting is, is such a great medium. So congratulations on, on starting your podcast and being a dancer. You, you sound awesome. And I'm so glad we, we actually are friends now. Thank you. Yeah, that means a lot. Um, and yeah, I always hear you saying podcasting is the new networking. And I really, I think that's true. So it's really good cool. yeah yeah I I agree with myself <laughs> <laughs> yes um so before um I have you tell everyone what you do and everything like that I just want to ask you what has been inspiring you lately um is there anything that happened recently that um just really stuck with you that has kept you moving hmm such a good question that's how I've been starting my podcast lately too um let me think about that I mean what's really on my mind right now is transitions um because I'm going through one (laughs) and or I'm about to and I really am craving more time and space to be inspired and to follow the pings of inspiration and creativity that hit me when they hit me. And I'm not like, huh, that's a good idea. I'm going to just stuff that away for another time when I actually have time for it. And then realistically, like never do anything with it. Or that's not usually the case for me or just because I know I will do something with every ping I get that isn't actually a good one. But it will just take me a longer time than I wanted to. So I'm really looking forward to being able to be like, this is the thing I want to do right now. I want to, there's a lot of things that I want to learn. I was just telling my, my boyfriend about this earlier today. Like I'm going to be able to have a bit more time come September to, to do things. I'm going to be more in charge of my own schedule. And 
I want to study herbalism and I want to learn photography and I want to, I want to learn, I, I do a lot of meditation and I have, am a student of transcendental TM meditation or Vedic meditation, but I want to be able to teach people how to meditate and I, I just want to, you know, I want to learn all these skills like herbalism, like photography, like, you know, collaging that I just have been excited about, but I haven't had time to dive into. So that's kind of what's been exciting me or on my mind. Great. Um, yeah, I just heard your episode on That's So Retrograde, and I think you mentioned that you might or that you're leaving your full-time job soon. Yes, I am. That is like my big big news right now, I guess. <laughs> it feels like big news in my little tiny world, but yeah, yeah, I'm done. I gave my notice and I'm done with that on August 31st, so it seems kind of like a fitting time because I still very much think of my life on a school year level, so yeah. I think of the the new school year as a time that it's almost more than the new year it feels like a a new beginning to me so it's yeah it's exciting it's scary it's all of the things I've been at the place that I at that I work for six years so it was my first job out of college and now I'm you know going to fully be an entrepreneur and and navigating that and and just kind of seeing what unfolds which is not people think that's my personality but it's really not my personality you know I I'm someone who kind of seems like I'm a free spirit but really I'm like super controlling and and not I just dress like I'm a free spirit you know um so I don't know we'll see well I wish you the best of luck and I think it'll be great whatever happens so Thanks. It's cool. I mean, schedule-wise, I'm really filling up, you know, like it's workshop after workshop and I'm leading, you know, at I have I have one this weekend. I have two in July in in New York. I'm I'm seeing a wellness festival in Philadelphia in August and then I have like a big launch in October for this workshop I lead called Let a Podcast Out, which helps other people start podcasts. And then I'm at new for the new year, like literally over New Year's, I'm I'm teaching a workshop at Kripalu, which is a big meditation uh, or big Ayurveda and wellness center in the Berkshires in Massachusetts. So it's just like it's been it's been flowing. Like as soon as I made that decision that I'm going to be doing my stuff full time things have been coming in and I don't know exactly you know how it's all going to piece together and how it's going to be lucrative because you know for the past six years no matter how hard I worked or what I did each month I was making the same amount of money you know like I didn't have to focus on that and I never had to put the pressure on my creative work like the podcast like my book to make any money at all I've never paid myself through that and eventually I'm going to have to and so I'm I'm lucky that I'm in a situation where you know I've I've supported myself I, I've n- I'm not one of those people who's like supported by a partner or supported by 
their family, which it's totally fine. Everybody has, um, you know, a different path. And my cost of living is not cheap either because I live in New York City now and I have gotten accustomed to living at a certain level just because I've had a salary for six years. And I don't want that to like jarringly change. I'm not planning on moving. So therefore, you know, I'm having to think about, you know, decisions I'm making with my work that I don't, I also, you know, don't want my work to suffer because I'm making a a choice for a financial reason. And I don't plan on doing that. I'm still only going to work with sponsors on the podcast that I genuinely use and love, even if that means I'm, I'm not making money. Luckily, I'm in the position because I've worked for four years and because I've been very mindful with my money and I've saved money that I don't have to make, I will be okay. You know, like I don't have to, you know, I'm not going to have this like desperation of like, listen to my podcast and and buy all the products I talk about because I need to pay my rent or like buy my book like I'm I don't have that energy at all it's just like if it speaks to you please do if not like move on it's a free podcast you know or like if you want my book great if not like it's not for you it's cool I don't care you know um which isn't like a sales-minded thing but I'm I think that energy is so much more attractive actually than the desperate energy of like I need this (laughs) I totally agree. Um, So there's so many things I want to ask you, but I just want to touch on this since we're kind of talking about it. Um, I'm going through trying to figure out how to balance my finances and creating a better relationship with money. Um, I started to read You're a Badass with um, You're a Badass at Making Money, but I got it from the library, so I had to take it back. So I'll have to get it. But um, so what are some. Do you have any like journaling exercises around money or just any other books that you've heard of? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, I do. I have a couple things. I'm definitely not an expert in this, but I am – I'm really fascinated by money now. Uh, I – I think, yeah, okay, so here are a couple resources. In my book, I'm pretty sure there's a tool on – a journaling tool on finances and money. I don't know which one it is, but I'm pretty sure it's in there. People, if they have it, could look it up. Yeah, um, I have it. I haven't gotten through all of your exercises, but I'll look for that. Yeah, look for that and put it maybe in the show notes or or let people know. But that's in there. And then one of my first – the first person who actually got me into mindfulness when it comes to money and finances is someone named Kate Northrup. Are you familiar with her? I think I might have listened to the episode you had with her a while back. Yeah, so she did my podcast super early on, maybe like episode eight or nine. So this would be 2013. So this is five years ago. But five years ago, she wrote this book called Money, A Love Story. And she talks about her relationship with money and how she was able to, you know, really fix her relationship with money. And become financially independent and that is something that I really wanted to do back then and I wanted to be able to support myself without a full-time job back then. Little did I know that I was five years away from that but it was really hard for me because or six years really away from that but back then I 
saw so many other people, you know, online, what it seemed like to me, making so much money blogging or vlogging or podcasting. Not really podcasting back then, but, you know, writing books or doing all these things. But And it looked so easy because they made it look so easy. But I didn't know the full story. Like for some of them, they'd been at it for years. And so they'd built up a huge following or email list. And so they had bigger numbers and they could do that. For other people, they had similar numbers as I did, but they didn't have a full-time job to support themselves. And so they had more time. And so they were able to create more content or better content. And I couldn't figure that out. Like I was just like, how are you doing that? But you know, what I would find with people is like maybe their parents were supporting them or Mm -hmm. maybe they had a spouse that was supporting them and that's okay and like that's their path and like that is great. That wasn't and isn't the case for me. And my, you know, the way I, some people raised capital, some people raised VC and raised money or got loans from other people and that again wasn't my path like that didn't feel like the right thing to do for me so for me it was to have a full-time job and to work in the early mornings and to work late at night and to work almost every single weekend and it definitely wasn't sustainable and it isn't sustainable which is why I'm stopping now but and it, it went through phases like I went through phases when I was doing that and then I went through phases where I was like okay this is not working for me. I need to, I actually, I went through a really long phase of that where I did that for like two years, two or three years, honestly, where I was working full time. My full time work, I have to say too, was pretty flexible. So that helped. And it would go through periods where it would be really busy and then periods where it was not as busy. And when it was not busy, whenever it was not busy, I was always, I wasn't resting. I was wasn't having fun. I was working. Uh, I was having fun, but I was working on my stuff because that was what was fun to me. And I realized that I didn't have a life. Like there was no balance. Like I was either doing my full-time work or I was doing my work and I didn't really have any friends. I wasn't dating. I had gone through a breakup and I was just really sad and lonely. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I stopped doing that and I figured it out and I outsourced and I got other people to help me and I, you know, I kind of figured it out and built my life up again. But then when I moved to New York City about a year ago, just a bit over a year ago, I kind of went through it again where I was now long distance with my boyfriend. I had, I was working too much basically and and, and my, my full-time work had elevated. I'd gotten several, several promotions over the years so my workload there was bigger and required more of me and then at the same time my other work my podcast had grown and I wanted to up level that and and I didn't have the time to spend on that that I wanted to and I was again like working so much and not feeling like I was really accomplishing much because I just had more opportunities and I didn't have very much time. And so going back to my original point with Kate Northrup, like she was all about like freedom. Money is just an exchange. This is a thing that she says, but money is just an exchange for what we value. And what I value is time. And I didn't really have very much time. So yes, I might be giving up some security or some money or some safety with having a full-time job, but I'd be gaining time. And time to me means creativity and flow and you know to me that's abundant so 
back then, you know, in 2013 when I was asking her about, I remember actually asking her, like, when's the right time to leave your full-time job and do your entrepreneurship full-time? And she was like, well, you want to make sure you have this much of your income saved. And you, and I had, like, I don't know, nothing saved um, because I was, like, 22 years old and had just started a full-time job and, like, you know, had no savings. But, you know, I've come to a place where – I can do that and I feel good about doing that. I, I'm still terrified and I'm still nervous and I and I don't know. But the, the worst thing that can happen is I try this for a year and I get a full-time job, you know? I get another one. And my biggest fear about leaving was like, well, the one I have is pretty great, so will I ever be able to get one this good? And and the truth is like maybe I don't, but, you know, I'll I, I would regret not trying this other thing that I've made. So... That was how I made my decision. And then as far as like my relationship to money, I don't know. It's something I need to probably work on more and create more abundance and, and more financial freedom. But I think, you know, my programming from a kid, that's a thing that that she has you do, Kate Northrup, in Money, A Love Story, is like look at how you thought about money as a kid. And a lot of people who are talking about financial freedom and, and money, there's, you know, Jen Sinchiro's book that I think you said you were reading, um, You Are a Badass with Money. She has you do this. And Denise Duffield Thomas has a book. I think it's called Lucky Bitch, I think, or something like that. Um, I had it at a period in time, and I didn't read it, and then I gave it away. Oh. But um, but she's awesome, and I've heard her on podcasts, and she seems really cool. But there's a lot of great resources out there, and they all have you look back through your childhood programming about money and like what the belief system was in your family and with how you grew up around money, like if it was really scarce or if it was really abundant. And my specific programming around money is – I was I went to a, a school where I was never the person with the most money. I always had what I needed, but we were never the people that had a lot of money, but I was around a lot of money. And that's something I didn't even realize until like very recently actually where I was like telling my boyfriend I was like, "Yeah, I I got to go on a yacht trip when I was young every year." And he was like, "What? Like your family would not." And I was like, "Yeah, I went with a friend. And I was like 8." And he was just like, you grew up around like a lot of wealth. Like it wasn't mine at all, but I just grew up around it. And so I, I was very expanded. Like I, I saw what was possible. And then, but I also saw that like I didn't have it. It was very bizarre. And then I also saw my, both of my parents worked full-time, still do actually, full-time jobs that they've both been at for over 30 years, like since I was born before I was born and they've been doing the same thing and neither of them really enjoy it they don't hate it but it's not their favorite and they've never they were like thought of doing anything else it's just like yeah this is what you do you're not supposed to like work you just do it and you make the best of it and you make money and then you go on vacation and then you retire and so I associated really really hard work especially full-time work with benefits and a 401k to having money and being secure and so that is something that I'm like trying to reprogram and, and, and re-examine in myself. And someone else's work that I follow very closely now, her name's Lacey Phillips. And yeah, I, she, I'm, I love her. She's great. Yeah. Isn't she the best? Um, mm -hmm. She's fantastic. And she's a, like a friend and mentor person to me. And her, she has a course called Opulence that 
I have, but I haven't done yet. But it's about reprogramming your beliefs around money, which I, I fully plan on doing as well. And I, I think, you know, for people listening to start right now is to look at, you know, what was your relationship to money growing up? Like, what is your story around money? Like, do you feel like it's bad? Do you feel like it's people who have a lot of money are bad? Like, do you feel comfortable when you have a lot of money? Do you feel, you know, like, what is all of that? And then you can kind of figure out from there, you know, where you're at and then TBD, next steps. <laughs> Yeah, those are a lot of good resources. And I, I really want to, I haven't explored Lacey's work so much. I've heard your um, episode with her and a couple of other podcasts that had her on. I just, again, haven't had the money to be able to do that. But it sounds like the opulence uh, course would be great. And all of those books sound great. So yeah, check those out. And for people listening, if they haven't listened to my episode with Lacey, maybe you can link to it because that's a really great intro point for totally. her, I think. And we covered, she's done a ton of podcasts, but I like my episode because I think we cover a lot of her main points in a, in the entire episode. So I like that. And I also like, you know, I think you'll get a really great picture of her. She's great on every podcast she does, but mm-hmm. that I have to plug mine for that. And then <laughs> also opulence is is great i i highly highly recommend and it's affordable too i think it's like 60 dollars, so it's not yeah yeah super yeah Mm -hmm. cool yeah um i loved your episode with lacy and i just like how i love i like how long your episodes are in general all of you um you just seem to um really have a gift for really getting beneath the surface like your your um interviews are not you know quizzes it's so conversational so um can you talk about maybe how you've cultivated that did it was it something that just came over time or um were you just natural at it that's so sweet thank you and thank you for listening I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I am a naturally curious person. I'm someone who's very comfortable talking to people. So, you know, that it has definitely been with me. And I remember actually when I did my very first interview, and I've been reflecting on this quite a lot because like I mentioned before, I made an online workshop about podcasting, but primarily about interviewing and about conversation. And I might even you know, flush that out to be something, something more. But, you know, I've done 226 episodes at this point. So (laughs) definitely I've gotten better from the beginning. I hope I've gotten better from the beginning. And I think what, what I contribute other than practice and growing up is listening to a lot of podcasts. So when I first started, I definitely knew I had a liking to this. And I didn't really care if I was good at it or not because I was just like, I enjoy this. I want to keep doing it. And luckily, I had the first person I interviewed, I remember doing that interview feeling a little bit nervous before but mostly excited and then after feeling amazing. Like I was on a high. And then I went out with my boyfriend at the time and I looked at my phone and I had an email from her being like, that was really fun. You're really good at this. 
you are to keep doing it or something like that. And she was like a very mentor figure to me. And so when I saw that from her, someone I respected so much, who was like, you're good at this, keep doing it. I was just like, done, done, sold. This, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm not going to stop ever. And from there, you know, I recorded that on my computer in my little studio apartment with the headphones that came with my iPhone. Yeah. And I then, you know, I did that for a while for like the first few. And then I got a better pair of headphones. <laughs> and then eventually that Christmas, I got a microphone from my, which I'm recording on right now still, from my boyfriend at the time. He lived in San Francisco. And so he made a big like he made like a very big deal like they only make these in san francisco it's like a tech startup and like it's a yeti mic that like i'm pretty sure like you can get anywhere now but i started using that and then i learned how to edit a bit in GarageBand, and then it got music and it just slowly got better but i think from a conversation perspective i got more comfortable but the thing that really made them better was I was listening to more podcasts so when I started I was listening to like a very select few podcasts that were mostly about wellness but I was listening to Terry Gross and she has kind of been my one constant because at the time I was living in a new city and I was driving a lot and I had no idea where I was going and it was like a really really bad you can relate to this being in the Midwest but it was a really bad winter and my car was pretty old and didn't have any capability to plug my phone into it. So I, I kept the radio on NPR because I liked that anyway. It was cozy to me. But I just didn't want to be messing around with the radio. And I didn't know any of the stations because I didn't grow up there. So I like I, I couldn't even like figure out what type of station right. I would want. So I just kept it on NPR all the time. And I was driving a ton. So I listened to a ton of... NPR and I was like I want to keep listening to this so I started listening to podcasts from that and Terry Gross being so prolific and such a you know talk about someone who's been doing this for so long and interviewed so many people I think I heard her on a podcast say that you know she's done something like 10,000 I don't know what it is thousands and thousands of interviews over the years and that definitely helped me and then you know but at the time I was really listening to a lot of wellness podcasts so the questions I was asking were really like they were always what I wanted to know at the time and that's why the podcast is really a reflection of where I was so the first several episodes are very much like how many chia seeds do you eat exactly and when do you work out and what's going in that smoothie you know and like it's very wellness focused and then it branches out because my luckily thank god my interests broadened as well and I was wanting to know about things like money and relationships and career and sex and sleep and all of the things and my guests diversified and then also I think my questions and my style diversified because I was now not just listening to wellness podcasts and Terry Gross but I was listening to Terry Gross wellness podcasts and comedy podcasts Pete Holmes really really affected me that's when the show got a lot longer because mm-hmm. I was listening to Mark Marin and I was listening to Pete Holmes and that's when I was like okay this can be conversational it doesn't have to be perfect I don't have to put on my radio voice and welcome everyone and give a bio of the person I can just start talking and recording immediately and we can just have a conversation so I started to talk about myself more 
And then I started to listen to more produced podcasts and I started to listen to duo shows and I started to, I was just listening to more things. I just diversified my podcast listening, which kind of brings me up to today where it's like, you know, I do like Pete Holmes style, but I'm not him. You know, I think I really try. I, you can see I kind of like emulated the people I was into at the moment with what I was asking and, and what the style was. And now it's like, okay, I don't know if my show needs to be two to three hours, but sometimes maybe. But I think I can get it in in about an hour and a little bit, hour and 15 or so. I think it's kind of the sweet spot. And I'm going to ask whatever I want. Sometimes I might talk about body image. Sometimes I might not. Sometimes I might talk about the same questions every time. Sometimes I might not. And I'm just, I'm really kind of finding my flow, finding my you know, sweet spot of what feels right for me. And, you know, throughout that I've I've changed locations. Now I record exclusively in person, primarily, 98% of the time, which is great and totally changes the way that the interviews go. And yeah, it's just really unfolded and it's been something that's taken me a long time to figure out. Yeah, it sounds like it was a journey. So, and yeah. it is. I mean, it, it's still a journey. Like, it's going to change, and I hopefully will get better. And I plan on getting better and improving this as my craft because I want it to be my craft now. And it's it's been and it still is to a lot of degree a hobby. You know, this is something I did for fun because I wanted to have conversations with people, and it was an excuse to get to talk to people I wanted to talk to. That's it. And now I'm like, okay, well, this is becoming part of my job. I want to get better at it. I want to improve. I want to improve my my voice. I want to improve the questions I ask. I want to up-level my technology, my editing, all the things. And I think Stefan um, and Elizabeth on that podcast that you mentioned that I was recently on were, were said this thing about podcasting where they were like, it's just people figuring it out on a microphone you know and that's that's what this is and and my 20s are documented through these conversations you know I started this like I said when I was 22 I'm now 28 so again the past six years are documented through my conversations with people that I'm recording yeah and that's one of the coolest things about podcasts is what you just said and then also that anyone can make a podcast so it's just really cool. Um, you don't have to go to journalism school. You don't have to be Terry Gross. Totally. To, and just you learn as you go, and it doesn't have to be perfect right away, which exactly. is what I'm. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know how much you love Terry Gross. Um, have you met her? Do you think you'll ever have her on your podcast? Oh my God! I wish. Do you know her? Someone put me in touch. Whoever's listening, she. There's this podcast movement it's a festival happening in july and she's the keynote speaker it's in philly which is like super easy to get to from from here and i'm not going i was going to go i was going to get tickets i was i was like so excited but i have like a conflict and i can't go and i'm so bummed because i definitely or i probably would have gotten to at least see her speak for sure much less you know maybe even meet her but i don't know she doesn't do a lot of interviews um, but I when, heard her on the um, who is that girl? She did um, um, two dope queens, but now she has yeah, 
yeah, I love her so much. Phoebe Robinson's podcast, So Many White Guys. I love that episode so much. Yeah, I think she's she might actually be from Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken. Really? I know she lives in Philadelphia, and she's been there for a really long time. And that's the, the affiliate station she has fresh air through still. But, yeah, yeah I... I just think the world of her. I would love to have her on the show. I have no idea how to get in touch with her. And I think she's like pretty untouchable. But if anyone knows and can connect us, tweet Mm -hmm. at us, let Mm -hmm. us know and make the intro (laughs) because I would love to to speak with her. Yeah. Yeah. um, I think I meant uh, Phoebe of so many white guys. Yeah. Oh, Phoebe. Yeah, she is. She definitely is. Mm hmm. Yeah, so, I love her yeah. too. I another person I would love to have on the podcast or be my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, I have family in Philadelphia, so maybe I'll try to get them to go to that great. convention. <laughs> yes, that yeah. would be great. We've got a plan. Um, so uh, let's see. So let's backtrack a little bit because I don't think. I mean, a lot of my listeners are in Cleveland, I think, and I don't know how familiar they are with you. So can we backtrack a little bit to the beginning for just really short, just kind of, of give a yeah, um, background to your, so you're from Michigan. Yes. And you went to school in Michigan. What did you go to school for? I went to school at a big state school in Michigan. I actually grew up, people in Cleveland will know probably, it's a small town called East Lansing and where Michigan State is. My grandfather used to coach basketball there. So he recruited Magic Johnson. That's like his claim to fame. And mm-hmm. then he stayed there and did the radio after he was done being the coach for the team. So I grew up like very, you know, around that. And I really wanted to go away to school and not go to school there. I wanted to go to school in Chicago so badly, and I ended up not. I ended up staying in the town I grew up in. I didn't live at home. I lived in the dorms, but I was pretty miserable. My And by pretty miserable, I mean all the way miserable <laughs> my mm-hmm. freshman and sophomore year of college. I studied journalism. I knew immediately I wanted to study journalism. I knew in high school I wanted to study journalism. I wanted to be a TV news reporter, so I wanted to study broadcast journalism, and I wanted to... Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be like a Katie Couric type. And then I got to school. And so so journalism was great, but I just hated being there, basically. Right. I felt stifled. I, I just – it was it was terrible. I really liked high school, and I was like sad. I was like trying to like keep going with high school because so much of my high school went to school there. But it just – wasn't the same and I just it was it was horrible actually and then my I met one person who was kind of my expander of like oh college here could be okay and I met her in my very first class of college first one I went to like first day of school it was a journalism 101 class my freshman year and she is still my best friend today she lives here in New York with me and it's one of the reasons why I live here and she basically told me she was like we're gonna study abroad our sophomore after our sophomore year we're gonna go to Spain for this thing and you're gonna come with me and I was like yeah okay that sounds fun and thinking like I'll never do that but I'm not gonna like tell her this now I'm just like I'm not gonna be allowed to do that where am I gonna get the money to do that blah 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 and 
I ended up figuring it out. She, like, didn't back down. She, like, doesn't let – she's, like, a person that doesn't let you get away with things. So I did it, and I went with her, and I had the most amazing time. It was the first time I felt free, and I was away from my family. And my, and I'm, I was very smothered growing up because I'm an only child, and I was kind of raised on an adult farm around, like, only adults. So being in Spain was the first time I was, like, making all my own decisions, and it was just the greatest – time of my life it it was so it was so amazing and and not the greatest time in my life I've had greater times since and I will have greater times yet however it is a special time that I won't ever I this is why I'm very like passionate about recommending college students to study abroad because it is the only time in my life I truly had no responsibilities or worries you know I wasn't working so I didn't have a job for the summer I was away. I didn't have really school either because I was taking a couple classes, but it was so chill and I didn't feel like I was taking classes because it was so easy and our professors were just like very like, you're here to see the world first and not be inside writing papers the whole time. You're, you're in this place you've spent a lot of money and time to come to which was great. And then I had, I didn't even have to make like daily choices because I was with this great group of people. It was like a really small group of eight of us. Many of them are still my best friends. And I didn't even have to like really choose what I wore. I had like a capsule wardrobe by default because I had a pretty small suitcase for the entire summer so I wasn't even like stressed out about what I was wearing even my hair like I couldn't I have really curly wavy hair so I couldn't bring my hair dryer that I normally use to blow it out so I just like had to wear it curly every day and it was fine and my yeah and I didn't have to like choose my friends there was no like friend drama I was just with these eight people and like our activities were all planned like everything was just like set so it was just like that will never happen again, you know what I mean? Unless I'm, like, retired at a community with, and I travel with, like, my retirement community. I guess that would be the only other time. But that really shifted things for me because then I came back and those people were my best friends and I ended up really enjoying the, the final two years of college because I had I had them and I I really felt, felt much better. Um but not to say everything was perfect. I I ended up, you know, I, I studied journalism. I ended up, this is kind of like a, I feel like I've talked about this a million times, but I, at the end of college, had an eating disorder, which was difficult at the time, but actually a really good thing that happened to me because it got me aware of a lot of things that I wouldn't have been aware of. I got into therapy for the first time. It led me to read every self-help book out there. And I ended up journaling a lot because I realized I didn't really know myself. I was just kind of putting on masks to the world. And whenever I would get really stressed or anxious, I, I would just try to control everything. And so journaling became this really helpful tool for me. And then I was reading a lot of blogs, I was reading a lot of books, I was reading a lot about wellness specifically, but really all sorts of things. And then I started this blog called The Wellness Wonderland at the time. And I was, you know, I basically, since I was reading so many blogs, I was like, I could do that. And my boyfriend at the time, someone I met in Spain, was like, 
you could do this and I'll build you a website and do it. And so he did it. And then eventually after I graduated from college, I was then, you know, fast forward to where I was living in Detroit and I was listening to a lot of podcasts because I was then living alone and the same thing sort of happened. I was like, I could do that. And he helped me again with the technology and was really my podcast advisor. And he figured out all the things I didn't want to figure out so I could keep doing this. And that's when I, that's when I started the podcast. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. It seems like, um, even if you're going through something hard, you might not know at the time that it is for the best. And it seems like that's what it was. It really propelled you to start all of the things that now consume your life. So, yeah, it really did. And it, it just, none of those things would have happened. You know, like I didn't live in a family that had any access to mental health resources like I didn't have any sort of dialogue around wellness or feeling feelings or much less therapy like it just was not something I grew up with and that got me into those things which got me to you know everything I'm doing now and I forgot this but somewhere in there I got a book deal and got to write a book about journaling so it was just you know little little steps and I I didn't really know what I was doing or how I was doing it. I wanted to move to New York immediately. I wanted to move to New York for college and that didn't work out. And I wanted to move right after college and that didn't work out. And I ended up just, you know, like taking the right actions. And I ended up, you know, with this job that I have, I was able to move to New York. So it was just like little things one by one and saying yes when I thought that it would be good to say yes and trying to trying to say no when I could and just learning how to be a person that's kind of been the last few years of my 20s mm-hmm. yeah um I did I wanted to talk about how uh you've navigated your 20s because it seems like you've gone through a lot um during your 20s um you launched the wellness wonderland you went through an eating disorder you started your podcast um wrote a book and then recently moved to New York a year ago so can you talk about some of the tools that you use that really help you helped you navigate some of those really hard times and also the really great times? Yeah. I mean, I'm still navigating it. Like I'm so still figuring all of this out and I I don't know. I mean, things that I've done that have been constants are I've this entire time I've journaled. I don't do it every day. I don't do it as often as I want to, but that's been my kind of anchor and my check-in of like, how am I actually feeling? Where am I not being honest with myself, with other people? And that's been great. Another thing that I've done is, and this is something more recently in the past like three years where I was telling you kind of at the beginning when I was just, you know, I, I just took a lot of my neuroses and I transferred these addictions. So like my addiction to food and denying food and exercise and, you know, all of that, I would just put to work, you know, and it served me. Like I wrote my, I wrote my book and I got my podcast a billion episodes and all the things, but, and I worked my full-time job. However, I was really unhappy. So kind of three years ago, I was like, I'm going to work less and live my life and 
something Pete Holmes always says is you have to live a life. He's a comedian and he says you have to live a life worth commenting on. And I was like, I'm not going to make any good content or have any good questions if I'm not living my life in a way that I'm, you know, enjoying it or having fun or I'm not going to have any content. And which is such a silly way to like be like, I want to actually be happy. But it was it was true. And it got me to to start doing things. So I think another thing that I would recommend is like just enjoying your 20s more. And I wish I would have done that more, especially when I I still wish that, which is why I'm like making a lot of the changes in my life that we talked about. But I I've in the last few years, I've I've definitely done this where I remember I spent like one summer it was the summer after my book came out and I just spent that summer kind of living like a teenager with my best friend and we would just basically like hang out by her pool and eat snacks and we would like go to the mall and it was just very simple and we'd like braid each other's hair and we'd sit in the sun and we like went on vacations together and you know I was working and like doing these things in between but that was kind of how I was filling my time and I was I was dating then and it was just kind of like this very sweet time that I felt like I was doing the things that like I kind of missed out on my very early 20s I was doing when I was like 25 so that was very sweet and, and really like a watershed moment for me and I just started to like say yes to things and prioritize friendships and prioritize things that were outside of my comfort zone at the time like going away for the weekend and meeting a friend or going on a road trip by myself or and I just started doing things and and that was great and then you know a bit over a year ago now or I guess two years ago now I I found my boyfriend founder I I don't know I like discovered what I didn't discover I don't know whatever I started dating my boyfriend I guess Mm -hmm. and that was really helpful too because that was kind of a time where I was already in such a good place like I already was about to move to New York I knew that that was happening I had I had you know had this really great summer with my best friend and like everything just was kind of flowing more for me and when I met him, I was really, you know, I'm so glad I met him when I did. And I didn't meet him two years before that because I was totally a different person. I, I was really kind of a shell of a person that was just only working and mm-hmm. focused on wellness. And it was just boring. And so meeting him, I just, I, I traveled more. Like, and that was even before meeting him. But I remember, like, I went to this, this, I went to California a couple of times on my own. And then I went to Hawaii on my own. And... And then, yeah, and then I met him, and then we've been, like, traveling together a bit, and and then I knew that I was moving here, and that was huge for me, you know, it's been a year now, over a year, and that was, it's not a big deal for everyone, like, my best friend Katie, who I mentioned, she moved here right after she graduated from college, I think actually before, for an internship, she's a stylist assistant here, but that just wasn't something I could do like I'm I'm more of a stepping stone type person so I moved to Detroit first and then I moved here and it it just yeah moving here was huge for me because it was the first time I was away from where I grew up in any significant amount of time and it was the first time I don't don't know there's just it's hard to explain it really but it was it was a really great personal growth experience for me because you know, I lived on my own. It was, it's actually like less, 
intense than it was like moving to Detroit. Like I lived by myself for like three years and then I lived with a roommate there and then but here I don't know there even though I'd lived on my own for years and I didn't even see my family much it wasn't that it's just hard to explain of like it felt exotic in many ways it felt it just felt like a it was important it's not I don't think everyone needs to move to a different state I don't think everyone needs to move to New York City but I think if you want to if you have the like desire to if you you know wanted to ever since you were a kid like I did then I think you do I think you need to figure out how to make it happen and do it because it it's just an important experience to have if you want it if you have no desire like there are so many people I know who have zero desire to to move to New York and it's just not something they want to do and it that's totally cool you have to want it. But if you do want it, I think you should make it happen. Yeah. And even if it's scary, you can always, I mean, if you end up hating it, you can always just move back home. So yeah, or you can move somewhere else, you know, but like, I feel like me moving here was just, it was a really great sign for me to be like, cool, I can live wherever I want. Mm -hmm. I don't have to live in Michigan. I don't have to live in LA. I don't have to live in Hawaii. I don't have to live in New York. I, I figured out how to live here. I can live anywhere, you know, and, and moving to Detroit even was like that. It was just kind of like a, oh, I can leave the place where I grew up because where I grew up, my family never left. Like they're all still there. And so I didn't really see that as an option when I was younger that much. You know, I didn't, I, I like knew it was like vaguely something I could do because I had an uncle who lived here, but I was just kind of like, other than him, everyone else stayed in the town I grew up in. So I was just like, I didn't, I wasn't very expanded there. I wasn't very open to knowing that this was possible, much less how it was possible, you know? Right, exactly. Um, so now that you've lived in New York for a little over a year, what what has changed since then? And I mean, it seems like you're liking it. I follow you on Instagram. I love seeing all the different New York places that you're at. Um, So yeah, just what has transitioned since you first moved? Hmm, that's such a good question. Well, I don't notice it as much, but my, my best friend, my really close friend, she's kind of like a second mom to me and she lives here and she lives in, in my neighborhood and she, she says that she really sees a difference in me and she listens to the podcast every week and she says she really hears it in that too. And, you know, I think that the practical things that have changed are I record the podcast in person, Mm -hmm. which has been so wonderful. I didn't realize how wonderful it had, had been, but it's cool that I've been doing that for a year because it's forced me to go all over the city all over Brooklyn. I've been to Queens. I've been to New Jersey to record. I recorded an episode in Hoboken. Last weekend, I recorded an episode in Hudson, upstate. I've been, yeah, all over Brooklyn, all over Manhattan, Upper West Side, Upper East Side, Lower East Side, Soho, West Village, East Village. I've been literally everywhere. So it was a really great way to see the city and to see people who live here and meet people and network like I like I said so that's been cool and then also you know I work from an all-women's co-working space where I go to a lot of the events that they host there I 
meet people all the time through that and I really like that I say yes to a lot of events here I've been like a lot most of the people that I want to interview are either here or they pass through here at least once a year so I can catch them you know while they're here hopefully and another cool thing is like a lot of people visit New York so I've gotten to see a lot of people who even though I like don't have to go visit them like they'll come here and I get to visit them and take them to places I like and that's been fun so it's just a it I I've, I'm a lot more of an external person here because I think people in New York are more apt to go out and say yes to things at least than they were in Detroit where I lived before I'm and, and part of that was like my boyfriend always called me out on this because I was not as I didn't really have very many friends there like to be honest I had a couple good friends who I still love and I'm friends with but I wasn't really like part of a community there and I feel like when I moved here because I because I was kind of one that was my own fault like there's a great community of people there and I could have maybe made friends and I by the time I was leaving I actually had like a decent group of friends there but I knew I was leaving and so I was kind of done but and not done like I'm still friends with those people and like I'm gonna go back in like a week actually and I'll probably see a lot of them and it will be great but when I moved here, I already had a lot of friends here. A lot of those people I, I talked about that I went to Spain with were here. I had a good group of friends here. And then since I decided to move here, I was just like, I'm going to say yes to things. I'm going to go to that event. It costs so much money to live here. It took me so much convincing of myself and other people that I should do this to be here, that I'm better enjoy it, you know? And, like, I never did that in Detroit because I never really wanted to be there. It was just kind of, like, the next step. So I was just like, nah, I want to move. Like, I was more focused on moving than I was on, like, build a community where I was. Where here I was like, this is where I want to be. So I really went all in on on making that. And now I that's what's changed. Like, now that, now that I think about it, I have the best group of, friends like I love the friends that I have here so much like I have some of them know each other some of them don't but I am basically out every single night like I you know I'm going to dinner with people or I'm going to an event or I'm doing something or I'm recording a podcast and I'm going to things during the days like I just am saying yes to things that were in Detroit I was more apt to stay in my apartment or hang out with like the same few people and you know they're and and also like there just wasn't the volume of things happening as there are here like here there's 12 things I want to go to on one night sometimes you know where there it was like every week there might be one thing I wanted to go to you know and that's you know that's just a reality of like this city is different than where I was so Mm -hmm. so that's part of it and it also is my attitude towards it you know like I have to be really honest about that but what I would say to people listening is like regardless of whether you're in a new city or you're where you're at just commit like if I would have committed in Detroit to like and I did I have to say like I did try but I could have tried more and I could have I wasn't in a place where I was excited to try but if I had tried I could have cultivated a really wonderful robust community of of people and it it takes time and it takes you know 
saying yes to, and feeling awkward and going to the thing even though you don't want to go to the thing and having the weird coffee date but then like that turns into a great friend or whatever like just do that wherever you are and actually fully commit and you don't have to be in New York to do that right I was yeah I was just gonna say um well first of all that totally everything all of that resonates with me and right before I started the podcast, when I was listening to your podcast or when I would listen to that, so retrograde or um, almost 30, um, just people who were living in New York or LA, I would almost get jealous sometimes because I felt like I was so alone and um, there were, I wasn't going to events like that all the time. But then I realized that there is stuff like that happening here in Cleveland. Totally. Yeah, so I'm right now I'm really trying to find my people and find my community and p- that's part of the reason why I started this podcast is even though I might not be I mean maybe this is a story I'm telling myself I might not be the most natural conversationalist I am pushing myself to go out of my comfort zone to meet all of these people and make these connections and so recently I've been even pushing my, uh, like you said, um, do coffee date. I've been emailing people I've never met before to see if they want to get coffee and see if maybe they want to be on my podcast. Or I, last week I went to an event. Um, it's this new, it's not really a business. It's, it's kind of a business. It's called your local, your local girl get Cleveland. And, this girl, Maria, who I actually just, she's on my most recent episode of my podcast. She started this um, website, which is basically like an extensive list of all of the women owned businesses here in Cleveland. And so she has events um, every few months. So I pushed myself to go to that event, even though I was scared to go. Um, and then there was another one um, about a month ago. I I was so nervous before. I wanted to throw up almost, but I went to that event. So, yeah, that's something I'm going through right now. Good for um, you. I'm so proud of you. And you have to keep doing that because that's that's how you, you know, that's how you cultivate a community. And that's how you, like, ultimately feel better. So I guess me to something else I talk about with you, which is female friendship. And you just had Kayleen Schaefer on your podcast to talk about her book. Text me when you get home. Um, I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to as soon as I can get my hands on it. Um, And yeah, everything that you guys talked about really resonated with me. So can you just talk about what your experience has been with female friendship and if you have any advice on cultivating female friendships, especially when it's hard when you are an adult, you aren't in college anymore, and it's not as easy to make friends? Yeah, that's such a great conversation. I definitely recommend her book, or at least my podcast with her, where she talks about it. She also did the Call Your Girlfriend podcast, and I that book made me reflect on my own relationship to to friendship and what's interesting is like it's not a socially it's not a relationship that's socially viewed as important 
right and culturally really either like people ask about your relationships and who you're dating and romantically and you know obviously marriage has like such a huge um connotation to it. and she talks about it in the book how like people ask about work and marriage but they don't really ask about your friends they don't ask how your friends are you know they don't it's just yeah. like not a thing people ask about and those relationships are really important and sometimes more long-lasting than other partnerships and people you know spend so much money and time on weddings and gifts for weddings but like we don't honor these these relationships at all and they can be very close and very intimate and very deep even though they're platonic and so I just thought that was fascinating but speaking for myself in my own life as a kid you know I definitely she talks about this in the book a lot of you know I grew up in the like I came of age in the early 2000s and my middle school and high school was like very fraught with there was that book queen bees and wannabes came out and i remember like my mom and all the other moms reading it because we had so much you know what we'll call mean girl drama like in my middle school and you know i sometimes i was the butt of the joke sometimes i was like with the mean girls like it was just you know it ebbed it ebbed and flowed and I never, I felt like I, you know, kind of had a few close friends. I was pretty much well-liked, but also made fun of sometimes. And like, you know, like everyone in elementary school, middle school, like most people, I guess. And and then in high school, I went to a new school. So I went to a, a private Catholic school for elementary school and middle school. And then when I got to high school, I went to the public school with only like I only knew like four or five kids that that also came from my school and I was so mad at my mom like I was really upset the first week because I wanted to go to the Catholic high school but she didn't want to pay for it and and she well actually like it wasn't even about that like partly and I'm so glad I didn't but she wanted me to have more diversity and she it was easier it was like closer and it was she went there and she knew it was fine and like she just wanted me to go to school there and she made totally the right decision it was 1000 percent the right decision i'm so happy i went to the public school but at the time i was like horrified and i just was so sheltered at my you know little catholic privileged super super not diverse Mm-hmm. middle school and then I went to the public school and it was way better like I remember in middle school I was like the only kid with divorced parents and then when I got to high school it was like weird if your parents were married you know like it was just like there were just more things more diversity like I would lived in college town so there's a lot of like professors kids and people of color for the first time and you know different people gender wise and it was just so much better for me and I ended up it was tough at first but again kind of by my sophomore year it must be a thing for me I loved high school I had two really really close best friends and the three of us were like this little gang and we I was I actually had great friends like not just them but those two it was the first time I felt really really like seen and accepted for who I was and close with two people in a way that I'd never been before. I didn't have sisters or or anyone I was close with. And 
I just like I still like I think back I love them so much like we're actually not very close now one of them got married um maybe like two years ago and I went to the wedding and now she lives in California and the other one lives in Michigan she's a, a teacher in Detroit and she's actually like my favorite person to follow on middle on on Instagram she posts like things her kids say and like they're the cutest kids and she's like in the city teaching it's amazing but so I'm not like I don't live in the same state as either of them so you know but we we talk every once in a while and like when I do see them like it's it's amazing and I just think the world of both of them but that was my first experience with friendship and then in in college I you know continued my friendship with them but I also by the time I went to Spain I met Katie and Katie was kind of you know my next which is weird it's the same name as mine but it's spelled different um and yeah like that became a really close friendship of mine that has lasted and you know there's there's a few other friends you know I, I followed her to New York essentially and then since I've since I've moved here, you know, a lot of my other friendships have become more important to me and I, I've I've put more more time into them and I've been able to be cut for a couple of reasons. You know, I'm in a long distance relationship, so my boyfriend isn't here most of the time and I spend my time outside of the house <laughs> a lot and I go to things with these people here and I just had the most amazing experience like with the people I met when I first moved here and now you know some of them I met when I first moved here a lot of them I knew before I moved here because I was I was I should say too like I've only been living here for a year but I was coming back and forth quite a bit for about two years before that like monthly so I I had a pretty decent network before that but that just has grown and I'm so I I know as Kayleen's book really helped me with this actually but and I intuitively knew this like I've just decided to foster those relationships and I've decided to focus on them and I still you know like fall into bad habits especially like for me, when my boyfriend's in town, like, I just only want to hang out with him or I just want to, like, bring him everywhere. But I – it's been good for me that he's not because it forces me to prioritize friendship. And if we did live together, if we did live in the same place, I would want to make sure – that would be a shift I would have to make where I'd want to make sure I was prioritizing my friendships because I think what a lot of people do when they get into a romantic relationship is they – you know, deprioritize their friendships. And that's not something I want to do. And with my friendships that aren't in New York City, like I said, I have friends in Michigan. I have friends, my best friend, two of my best friends. One lives in Boulder and one lives in Columbus, Ohio, by you actually. And I text them and call them all the time. And I really value those long distance friendships and and I do this with my friends that live in New York City too but whenever I think of them like whenever like I see a funny thing or um you know whatever I text them right away 
And I think that's really important for friendship, like, because I'm going to forget it and, like, be like, oh, that made me think of Amanda, but, like, I won't do anything about it. So it'll just go away and then she'll never know. So I try to make a habit of, like, when I think of a friend, send them an Instagram story, like, send them a Snapchat or text them right away. That helps. And then also with my friends here, I think consistent hangs are really important. So... Like, I have a friend who I knew from college. We weren't super tight in college, but I really like her, and she's great. And then we've, like, become better friends since I moved here. And we would, like, we went to a movie one weekend, and then the next weekend I was like, what are we doing? Because I didn't want – I wanted to, like, keep hanging out. And actually, like, this is making me think I need to text her because, like, I haven't seen her in a while, you know? So, like, I think consistently hanging out with someone, like, cements it – as a friendship where it's like if you get coffee with someone one time or you like get a drink with them and then you don't see them for like three months it's fine but like it's just gonna take longer for your friendship to like become more meaningful but if you can like make memories together and have experiences together more consistently you're more apt to like actually cement a relationship it's just like if you were dating someone and you like go on a date once why would you and then you're like you don't see them for three more months like they're you're gonna kind of drift apart you know that makes so much sense and I think it's it's really simple it's just that we don't prioritize it as much and it's not culturally in honest and in society it's not on the same level as romantic relationships and it's we just have to remember that it is just as important and this it's simple all you have to do is just put be willing to put the work in so Mm -hmm. and also time like the reason why i haven't emmanuel my my friend i was mentioning like the reason i haven't hung out with her isn't because i haven't wanted to put the effort in it's because i've been really busy and i haven't had a free night to hang so i haven't like asked her what she's doing or like But that's not cool of me. Like, I should ask how she's doing even though I can't hang, you know? Or, like, I should make time to hang just like I would with my boyfriend. And I think that, like, that's not cool of me. You know, this is a good example, you know? So it's just, like, especially, like, my grandma said, she always said this thing, you should be able to count your good friends on one hand. And I think that's, you know, I definitely have more good friends than than five. But I can only really focus on five people at a time well, you know, like really, really well. Like that's like plus my boyfriend, right? So he's not even on that hand. So like between family, between work relationships and between my boyfriend, then I can have like five other like core people that I'm like texting on the regular, hanging out with on the regular, like – that's just like the amount of time that I have, you know, I would love to have 10 and, and 20, but I probably know that many people, but they're probably more acquaintances than friends, you know? Right. Exactly. Well, that's all really good stuff to think about. And I can't wait to read that book. Um, so I know we're probably getting to the amount of time that you have. Um, I wanted to talk about one more thing before, um, and if we have time, maybe we can do my little quick fire game. But before that, if um, I can, I just wanted to talk a little bit about body image. And 
it's I know it's something that you talk a lot about on your podcast and it's something that I deal with as being a dancer I don't know how familiar you are with the dance world um but it's something that every dancer deals with um no matter what they're really going through I mean we're looking in mirrors every day for our job um and it has changed um like it's not like directors are telling us to only eat rice cakes and, you know, drink black coffee and take laxatives, but it's still something that I deal with, even though I know I don't need to just eat a rice cake. Um, it's right now I'm in a place where I'm, where I know that, um, I don't need to manipulate my body to be a certain way, but it's, I'm in a place where I, still don't truly accept my body like deep down underneath the surface on top of on the surface level I do on but deep down so um since body body image is something you talk about a lot I just kind of wanted to touch on that Hmm. yeah well thanks for sharing that and that must be so challenging as a dancer I mean I can't even imagine um because it's super challenging for me and I'm not a dancer just it's challenging for everyone being in a body I think it's way more challenging for women and you know I think somebody who did the podcast recently said to me she's a, a wonderful therapist and she said you know none of us are immune to this like it's part of the human experience is feeling uncomfortable with your body feeling really great sometimes in your body every once in a while. Some of us feel that discomfort deeper than others. Like I'm someone who like very deeply feels uncomfortable by the way I look. And that is attached directly to self-worth, right? Like how you feel in your body, if I'm having a great day and things are flowing and things are like everything's going my way, I'm probably going to feel pretty good in my body when things are not okay and I'm stressed and I'm anxious and I'm worried and I'm fearful and blah, 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 blah. My body stuff acts up, right? Because it's like a trigger point for me. So the more self-worth I can have outside of my physical appearance, the better that becomes. Mm -hmm. But I think also just like as bleak as it sounds, I want to say like, wow, I wish that we could get to a point where like, we do not value ourselves for how we look. You know, we are people who are like more than our bodies. And I want that and I believe that and I hope that that's true. But I just think we're maybe not immune to this. Like maybe this is just the experience we're having. Like maybe this is just part of what it's like to be a freaking human being, you know? And I think what Lisa, the therapist I I interviewed said was like, it's just part of it and it's okay and like sometimes we're not gonna love our bodies let's try to let's just acknowledge that we feel better when we do and let's let's try you know like let's take care of them the best we can listen to them the best we can know that like knowing that you're not the only one that struggles with body image stuff is helpful like I'm glad So many more people are talking about it now. I'm glad that I'm talking about it. We're talking about it right now. You're talking about it. I think that's helpful. I think it's 
it's like basically if you own whatever is your shadow whatever is like you're ashamed of to not just yourself first yourself but then to people who you respect and admire and love and care about their opinion and if you can say like I'm really this is what's going on with me sharing the things that you're hiding that is literally transformational and this body image stuff is a really good idea to share like share that with your romantic partner share that with your friends share that with who you're comparing yourself to and just stop comparing yourself (laughs) I, I wish it was that easy to just stop doing that but that's the I mean that's the root of it is comparison like if you were a person who never ever saw another person you just saw you in the mirror you would think that you're perfect and that you're great because you feel good and you look fine and you wouldn't know that like pimples are perceived as not beautiful or you know you like long hair better than you like short hair or you like brown hair better than you like blonde hair you like tall better than short or skinny rather than fat or vice versa right you would just see you and be like I'm perfect I'm great the only reason why we don't like our bodies is because we see other people's bodies that we like more or worse yet we see other people's bodies that society tells us we should like more you know we have standards of beauty that right now include thinness and right now include whatever they include you know clear skin whatever and that could change it's changed before in the past whatever's most difficult to attain and cost the most resources to attain is what a society values so years ago they valued a plump body shape because that cost the most money and resources to attain whereas now you need the time to work out you need the special food you need to diet you need the all the things to make yourself as skinny as possible and that costs the most money and resources and willpower and like mental energy to maintain. So it's just it's ridiculous that that's the standard of beauty, but that's what we're that's what we're in. So my point is comparison is the only reason why we are dissatisfied with our bodies. And it, unfortunately, you can't stop comparison because we live in a world where we're going to see a bunch of other bodies. But exactly. yeah. I don't know. Just knowing that that's the reality and being aware of it can help. And then just being and just realizing that like it's not really in your control. Like your weight isn't really in your control. You know, like our, we have body types. You can maybe manipulate it for a while, for a period of time. But in the end, like you're going to get hungry. You know, <laughs> like that's what happened to me. Like you're just going to get hungry or you're going to get tired or you're partner or your relationships are going to get sick of you being crabby you know and you're going to love them too much to keep being crabby or your creative work is going to suffer so you're going to need to like nourish yourself like you can do it for a period of time but then it's like okay you did it maybe you should just learn to try to make your make your body make yourself feel better about your body instead of making your body be different so you can feel better about yourself Yeah, exactly. And I think you really hit the nail on the head about how there is always going to be comparison. And I mean, as humans, we're naturally competitive, I would say so. But it's about not accepting that and um, trying to make the best out of it. Yeah, and that's so 
hard. Like that is, that is so, 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 so hard for me. I'll speak for myself. Like just accepting myself and being like, like, I don't know. I'm trying to do that now. Like I'm trying to accept my body and be like, okay, this is what I've got to work with this time. Man, I wish I had this to work with, but I don't. I have this, so I'm going to try to like it. And same with my hair or my skin or the size of my nose or whatever. I'm like, man, I like this person's hair so much better. Why can't that be mine? And I get sad and I wish that it was different. And then I say, like, fuck it. Like, (laughs) um, I hope that's okay. I yeah I just am like well what can I do this is what I've got this time around so like how what this is what I got to work with this is the clay what can I do to make it the best I can you know like let's figure that out let's dress it in the best way I can let's put some lipstick on let's you know let's go you know let's take care of it let's do the best I can because I'm not going to get another one this time and let's try to make the best of it, you know? And it sucks sometimes. Like, it's like, oh, man, why didn't I get that girl's hair? Or why didn't I get legs that were just a little longer? Or why didn't I get, you know, whatever we want, you know? It's different for everyone. But everybody finds, like, and the other thing is, like, there's someone who's going to find you beautiful as you are, and it's just too bad it can't be you. I hope it can be someday. And I hope it can be me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for all of that. That was that was really great. And it was something I've been wanting to talk to you about for a long time. So thank you. Yeah. Um, so uh, I know we didn't really get the chance to talk about your book, but I can link to other podcasts that you've been on. Great. Um, I, I'm really glad that we got to talk about all of this stuff. So I'm so glad that we did too. It's, it gets boring. I mean, I love my book. And if anyone wants to hear me talk about journaling, you can do that in a myriad of places. But it was nice to talk about other things. So thank you. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have time for like maybe two or three? Yes, quick- let's do them all. We're just going to do them quick because okay. it's getting yeah. late and I'm, um, I just need to eat dinner. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so normally... Um, if you're in person, I have a stack of flashcards and I just have oh, you fun. pick one. Um, so I'll just, um, pick one for you and say okay. it. So it might be a question, a word, a person, anything like that. So Great. I'll start. Here's the first one. I think you might like this one. Okay. Uh, would you rather hang out with Rachel Green or Carrie Bradshaw? Oh my God. That's horrible. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, I want to hang out with both of them so much. They're my two favorite TV characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I mean, I want to be Rachel Green so bad. I want to be Carrie Bradshaw so bad. Um, God, but who would I want to hang out with more? I guess I'd want to... Oh, my God. I guess that kind of was an unfair question, but... Yeah, it's really, really, really hard. Like, I love the 90s so much, and, like, I just would love to hang out with Rachel Green so much. I mean, I think I'm going to say Carrie because I just... I don't know. I, I think I want to, like... She has just so such an epic, like, love affair of New York that I feel like we would just have this, like beautiful day in New York together and that would and she'd probably like dress me and like 
I don't know. I just think it would be, we'd like probably take beautiful photos or something. I'd have a great time with Rachel, but like I think I'd laugh more with her and like that would also be lovely. But I'd also laugh with Carrie and, and with Rachel, I could meet her friends though, which would be a blast. I don't know. Right. It's hard. I don't know. But I guess if I had to, I'd say I'd say Carrie. Um, here's a phrase that I've heard you say, and I think your boyfriend said it first. I can't trust someone who doesn't listen to podcasts. Yes, that is a Nick phrase. <laughs> I just love that. So I just wanted to throw that in Oh there. my God, great. No question to it, just throwing it in? Yeah, I mean. Okay, you're the best. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, well, that I'm, is definitely a Nick Hagen phrase. I think he actually said his mom said that to him, but that was like one of the first things he said to me when we met. And I just liked that. And I was just like, that's so great. And maybe offensive to people who don't listen to podcasts, but I don't I don't know. I love the medium so much that I just I think that's hilarious and I agree. <laughs> yeah, it resonates. This is just a word. So whatever comes to mind, magic. Real. It's True. real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think magic is magic is when we are like being ourselves fully. Mm-hmm. Cool. Just um, I know you probably this is going to be hard, but just pick a few favorite books. Favorite books. I really like the book Star Girl by Jerry Spinelli. It's like a teen book mm-hmm. um kayleen's book which we already mentioned text me when you get home um real happiness by sharon Salzberg. i like a lot um mm, yeah i'll just say those for right now i'm i'm like I know there's a million books that I've I'm like trying to look around right now at like all of the books that I have but it's dark now in my room so I can't see but yeah I'll just say those for now that's great those are good um a few of your favorite podcasts maybe just some that you've been liking recently yeah there's this great one called second life that I really like right now I listen to the daily mostly every day unless I just really cannot and I just need something more light. And I will go to, there's this podcast called Pop Rocket, which I love. It's hosted by a panel and they just talk about fun pop culture things. The panel's usually pretty diverse and I love it so, so, so much. Um, mm, that's a retrograde we mentioned. I love those girls. My friends also host Almost 30, which I also really love. Um, Call Your Girlfriend, I think I also mentioned earlier. I listen to that every week. Um, yeah, those are, those are the one, the main ones. I also love, um, obviously I listen to Fresh Air every week, every day, mostly. Um, yeah, that's a bunch. Good. I'll link to all of those. So the next thing is um, a question that you ask on your podcast. So I thought it'd be cool to ask you, uh, what do you think happens when we die? Oh, Catherine, I don't know. I don't know. I I tend to think we go back into where we came from as babies. Like it's just this like loving, beautiful abyss and 
from there, you know, if we are done and kind of learned what we needed to, we can stay there. If we didn't really learn everything this time around and we want to come back, we can come back and we choose when we want to. That that's kind of where I'm where I tend to tend to think that that things go now. And I think um yeah, we're all kind of connected and come from the same thing and on a good day I can really feel that. Nice. I like that answer. Um, I'll just do one more of these. Um, um, perfect day, no work or obligations. Man, that's such a fun question. Okay. All right, let's let's do this. <laughs> so I would wake up relatively early, but not that early. I'm thinking like a seven type situation. Maybe a little bit before because it's a perfect day, so I want it to be long. Yeah. Okay, if it's a perfect day, maybe I want to get up at like five or something. I would like to have like a slow morning, but I get up pretty early. So I like maybe make some tea. I'd, I'd meditate. Um, I'd, I'd like to like be with Nick when I wake up um, if this is a perfect day. And I would, yeah, drink something warm, hang out, maybe journal, just like have like a nice slow start. And then I'd wander out. I'd like to go for a walk, maybe to like some sort of fitness class of sorts or like a meditation class. And then I'd like to have a nice breakfast. And then maybe I would, um, yeah, like probably breakfast out with, with Nick or like some friends. And then I'd want to go to the beach because it's a perfect day so I'd go to the beach and I'd probably have like lots of snacks and picnics and I really like pina coladas with coconut (laughs) milk so I'd drink those and um I'd yeah I'd I'd swim and I'd be outside and I'd go on some really really long walks maybe like a hike um but I might be a little bit buzzed from those pina coladas so not like that intensive a hike and then and then I'd want to come home to wherever I was staying and take like a really nice long shower and then I would um I would like really get ready like in a nice outfit and then I would have like a dinner thing to go to like out and there would be um drinks involved maybe oysters lots of people i love maybe like a wedding or something i really like weddings (laughs) so Mm -hmm. that'd be really good food and lots of people i love and i'd be dressed up and i would dance and um or i would go see a movie because i really love seeing movies and uh i would talk i'd have like really really good conversations with people and if I didn't go to the beach or if there was like more hours in the day since it's perfect, I would like to go to like a museum or something. And I really like running errands. <laughs> like I know that's silly, but I like feeling productive. So I'd, I'd like probably like walk around the city and like get snacks or go to the park or something. Um, that's like a lot to pack in during a day, but that's what oh, I do. I love it. It sounds lovely. And I'd I stay up really, really late and I'd look at the stars at night. Mm-hmm. Great. Cool. So I'll uh, link to all of your um, 
your podcasting course, your book, everything, all of the good stuff. So is there anything else you want to share? No, just you were a great host. This was a delight. Thank you so much. I'm kind of sleepy now <laughs> um, and delirious. So I hope I hope this made sense. But I think that those are also kind of the best ones, at least for me, when um, people are just really comfortable with each other. And yeah, I, this was a delight. And you're really good at this. And I hope you keep doing it forever. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you for being so nice and asking such great questions and listening to the podcast and, and asking me to come on. It, it really means a lot. Yeah, thank you. And that was so nice of you to say it. That means a lot coming from you. So, yeah. Um, and like I said, thank you so much for having your podcast. Um, I don't think, I mean, obviously I've, I go through my own journey, but there are things from your podcast that have expanded me. So mm. I just want to say thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. And I'm so, so glad. And, and I'm so happy to hear that. That's, that's why I do it. So <laughs> thank you so much, my friend. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Katie. I'm so grateful that she was willing to chat, and after I got off the call with her, I felt so inspired and excited to keep podcasting. So I can't wait to continue to bring you conversations like that and to connect with really cool people. Until then, go ahead and dive into everything that Katie has to offer. Go check out the archive of her podcast. Like I said, she has over 226 episodes or she has 226 episodes. Um, go ahead and follow her on Instagram. Check out her website and read her book. And then next week on the podcast, we have another Katie. This weekend, I'm interviewing Katie Kurtz. She is a life coach, yoga teacher, connector, and founder of Soul Connect. If you have any questions that you want answered on that episode, go ahead and shoot me an email to museumpodcast at gmail.com. And until then, let's connect on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Museroom Podcast. There you can get information on upcoming episodes. Just maybe find out what I'm up to. Um, you can learn about the book club. And you can also join the secret Facebook group. I'm hoping this can be a place where people can talk about the episodes, ask each other questions, connect. And it'll also be a space for the book club so if you're not here to come to the meetings for the book club we can talk about the book in that group and also of course i'm going to ask you to subscribe to the podcast because that helps me out a lot go ahead and rate and review all of those things really help me because it helps my podcast get out to more people and that will help me get really cool guests on and just bring better content to you so Thank you so much again for listening and I will talk to you next week.